Welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts, and I believe that we all have a purpose, and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. Hello, hello, and welcome to People with Purpose. Uh, Today, I'm going to talk about customer experience. Can you think of a time when you had a really great customer experience, a really brilliant experience? You went into a store, you uh, called a company, and you got that amazing feeling when you got off the phone or when you left the store. You didn't just come away with a product. You came away having had an experience. So think of a great customer experience that you've had recently and how that made you feel. Okay, so now think of the last time you had a really poor experience as a customer. How did that make you feel? Whether getting in contact with a supplier over the phone or the emails that you get from a company's marketing to you or the delivery of a product or service, how it arrived, what the after-sales support was like. What is it about customer experience that some businesses get right and some businesses get really badly wrong? From my perspective, it comes down to focus and appreciating and recognising that creating a truly brilliant customer experience is absolutely vital to success. I mean, a happy customer is worth its weight in gold. A happy customer is going to be 46% more likely to trust your business if they score you 9 out of 10 compared to if they score you 8 out of 10 for customer satisfaction. So for 10% more satisfaction, you get 46% more trust. That statistic comes from the Institute of Customer Service in the UK, from some research that was done a couple of years ago, and that's been repeated since, and the result's very consistent. They're going to be uh, 33% more likely to buy from you again. And if you think about the cost of acquiring a customer versus the relatively lower cost of retaining a customer, 33% more likely to buy from you again, and 36% more likely to recommend you. So that's if they score you 9 out of 10 for satisfaction compared to 8 out of 10 for satisfaction. So 10% doesn't sound like a lot, or 1, 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, doesn't sound, sound like a lot, but really it's massive. And The way that you think about customer experience and the customer experience that you offer or want to offer or believe you can afford to offer has a massive impact on how you view your business. People talk about customer-centric businesses and being customer-centric. It seems that people talk about it more than actually do it. It seems that lots of processes are designed more for the business than it is for the customer. And if the process is designed for the business and not for the customer, 
then the experience will be better for the business than it is for the customer. And in fact, actually, sometimes that's not true either. In fact, sometimes it's designed for one part of a business and not for another. So the whole concept of internal customer service, you know, who's the process designed for, for the customer? Why does the business exist to solve a problem for a customer? So why would you not want to create a great customer experience in the process? Another piece of research by the Institute of Customer Service has shown that businesses with or organisations with a higher than average level of customer satisfaction in their sector are more profitable, are more efficient and grow faster and in a more sustainable way than businesses in their sector with below the average level of customer satisfaction. So if your customers are giving you feedback right now that you're not quite coming up to scratch, then this is for you. If you're at the top of your game and you want to stay there, then this is for you. Because guess what? Customer expectations are always changing. And we in business need to stay awake. Go back to those experiences of good and bad service in your own life. You are a customer. So what matters to you, it stands to reason, is going to matter to your customers. Now, I'm talking on a kind of a higher level here in terms of how it makes you feel, how that experience makes you feel. Do you want to work with a business that makes you feel confident, assured, satisfied? Or do you want to work with a business that makes you feel frustrated? Do you want to work with a business that makes things easy for you? Automatic almost, when that's appropriate for the transaction or the contact or the communication. But then at the same time, has that human touch and that human contact when you really need it or want it. So customer experience is about the perception you create of your business and of your, of your brand throughout all aspects, all steps in the journey that that customer takes with you. So we'll talk about customer journey in a second, but customer journey can be chunked up into five or six main steps. Uh, and if the customer experience is different from step to step, perhaps because the customer gets passed from one department to another, then that will have an adverse effect on the overall experience for that customer. So it's important to look at this end to end. It's also important to look at it from the point of view of the main things that determine whether a customer experience is going to be amazing or not. And some of that's going to be in the product or service that you offer. And some of that's going to be in your people and how your people interact with your customers. So it's important to be able to differentiate between the two. And then there's the third P, which is the processes. So the processes that you follow and therefore force your customers to follow and how they're designed 
and like I say, if they're designed for your business and not for your customer, then potentially that's going to have an adverse effect on their experience when they're dealing with you. So I've already said that a great customer experience means that your customer is going to be more likely to score you 9 or 10 out of 10 than 8 out of 10 for customer satisfaction. So would you like your customers to trust you more? Would you like your customers to buy from you again? Would you like your customers to recommend you to others? And if you would, then focusing on the customer experience is a good use of your time. Because customers have the ability to vote with their feet. If you're in a market where there's more than one supplier, or if there's more ways of solving the problem that you solve than the way that you do it, substitute products, etc., then your customer has a choice. And also with the advent of social media, content online, all that kind of stuff, customers are becoming better educated. Customers are also expressing themselves through Google reviews, Trustpilot, etc. So it's not just that one customer, right? It's that customer and potentially every prospect will see how well you're doing. So your customer experience, how can you work out whether it's giving your customers what they need? Well, the first thing you can do is you can ask your customers. So how many opportunities do you take to survey your customers, to ask them how you're doing? The companies that I've seen that do this well survey their customers on a regular basis and at, and at different points in the customer journey. So they're getting the overall view of how satisfied their customers are with some reasons why. And they're also getting detailed snippets at the key touch points along the customer journey. So for example, when they place the order, when they confirm a design for something, when they receive delivery, when they've contacted the support line. So if you're committed to delivering an excellent customer experience, then you have to capture how satisfied your customer is and then analyze that and turn that into action to improve. And then the second thing you can do is look at broader trends. So repeat business. How much repeat business are you getting from your customers? And what's the trend on that? What are the reasons for that? You can ask your customers. You can look at your trends in comparison to other sectors. And again, being a member of the Institute of Customer Service gives access to reports and surveys, the, uh, the, the Customer Satisfaction Index in the UK, and there are equivalent indices in the US and in other territories, which give a kind of a, 
a benchmark for you to compare your customer retention, your level of customer satisfaction that you're generating with that of other businesses in your sector and in other sectors. So analyse your own customer satisfaction results. Analyse your repeat business you're getting from your customers. Analyse those trends. And ask your customers what you can start doing, what you should stop doing, and what you should continue doing. Because you get some real golden nuggets from that kind of a conversation that you can feed into your improvement plans. And then, of course, there's customer feedback that doesn't come when you ask for it, but comes because you asked for it, because something went wrong. And really, creating a great customer experience is about taking responsibility for that customer experience at every step in the customer journey. So when you get feedback, say something didn't go wrong, capture that, analyse it, your complaints, repeat calls, any kind of data that you can get on your customer experience. When I was in the uh, water industry, there was a, a period of time when they were measuring unwanted contacts. Now, that always seemed like a bit of a misnomer to me uh, because, uh, you know, you kind of want contact with your customers and, you know, unwanted to whom? I suppose from a customer's perspective, what it was seeking to measure was when the customer contacts you, but they didn't really want to have to. So in a way, it was named correctly. Because that's what they were trying to improve. It was reducing the frequency of contact where the customer has to contact the company so that the learning and improvement opportunities could be about pushing the information to customers when they wanted it in a format that they wanted it or needed it. So analysing... Your complaints, they're the obvious ones, but also the other feedback that you get that you wouldn't necessarily classify as a complaint. It's very, very useful. And once you've got a measure on your customer experience, you can, again, feed that information back into your customer satisfaction surveys or your stop, start, continue interviews with your customers to just clarify whether or not you're making those kind of improvements. And creating a fantastic customer experience is about incremental gains. If you're already good, and it's about maintaining it, it's about creating those incremental gains. And, you know, the question, what else, is a great question to ask customers in this sort of scenario. And from asking the what else question, it's possible to identify not just ways that you could improve your service, but the way that you can add to your services because they will tell you what products and services they need from you and want from you and would also buy from you in addition to the stuff they're already getting. So to create a great customer experience, you're also creating a relationship. And if you're creating a great customer experience that's driving up the level of trust that your customer has got in you, then 
the likelihood is they're going to invest more time in giving you the feedback that you need to really improve. So it's a kind of a iterative cycle of improvement and progress and growth and the experience for the customer gets better and better. The value you create for the customer gets better and better. And the value you generate for your business in terms of trust, the value of your brand, the equity value of your business, and then the transactional value of repeat business and referrals and recommendations means that you, it puts you right at the forefront of your sector, right at the forefront of your niche, and better able to solve more problems for your customers, which means the meaning and the value of your business actually amplifies for your people too. So customer journey. Now, if you don't have a customer journey map in your business, then creating one could help you to understand, one, where there are contact points with your customers and where the customer experience is kind of building up. And two, how you can really kind of make these touch points moments of truth. There was always, uh, in the service sector, this is maybe 20 years ago, there was talk, a lot of talk about moments of truth. And a lot of focus on that was on the, well, when the product actually arrives, the point of delivery. Some of this also came out of sort of supply chain optimization theories and and that kind of thing as well, and linking customer satisfaction to more effective planning and that kind of thing. But actually, fast forward to the 2020s and moments of truth happen with every interaction. And some of these are virtual, you know, some of these are how digestible and accessible your content is online. Remember, customers are keeping themselves informed and doing a lot of research before they've even got in contact with you these days. So that customer journey starts before you've even started to build a human-to-human -human relationship with them. They've already got a relationship with you because they've seen you online, most probably. And if they haven't, maybe that's something you should be looking at as well. But then the kind of the transactional side of things, if you think about it, so where are the points of pain on the customer journey? So getting a delivery booked in for a physical product, I mean, depending on what it is, it might just be left on the doorstep by a, by a friendly uh, delivery driver, or it could be a more substantial delivery. But that experience, even if you're outsourcing it to a third-party provider, if your customers tell you that they don't like the way the package just gets tossed into the porch or left in the road outside, then that's something that's going to potentially put them off buying from you again. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you've bought a present for somebody and it's not fitted like a jumper, a top, it's not fit them. I bought one for my daughter once and a Christmas present and we need to return it. And the company concerned did not provide a returns label. You had to pay for postage to return it. They queried the return. They refused to refund me. 
they sent the product back to me without talking to me about it. So I then had to send it back to them again. And three months later, I got a £40 refund because they escalated it. That experience has led to me never buying from that company again. And I will never buy from that company again. It's amazing, isn't it? And on two consecutive Christmases, I'd spent, yeah, well, well over a couple of hundred pounds on clothes for different family members. And okay, for them, that might not be very much money. But look at that repeated over 5, 10, 15, 20, 100, 1,000 customers. And all of a sudden, you're giving a lot of market share to your competitors for the sake of having a shonky process that doesn't make it easy and efficient for customers. And it's so easy to do. Create a great customer experience at all steps of the customer journey. So how can you map the customer journey? Well, customer journey is a concept which looks at, like I say, those six main chunks. So there's, there's, there's awareness, there's decision, there's the order point, there's the service delivery point, there's the invoice point, payment point, there's the after-sales service point, and then there's referral and recommendations. And then you're into repeat business. So in a way that makes sense for you and your business, if you can imagine a, or just draw out a, um, a grid which shows the steps of your customer journey along the top, so awareness in your marketing, um, the selling, decision point, ordering, design, delivery, payment, if that's not already happened, after-sales service, and referral recommendation, and then repeat business. So map them out, and on the top of a grid, and then down the side, ask yourself these questions for each step of that customer journey. So I've got five questions. So the first question is, how is the customer feeling? So again, at each step in the journey, how is the customer feeling? And then what are we asking the customer to do? That's the next question. And the third one is, what do we want the customer to feel? The fourth question is, what do we want to change about this to make it easier, better, faster for the customer? And then the fifth question is, how and when will we make this change? So you've got a grid there with all the steps on the customer journey. And those key questions down the side, fill the answers in the boxes. And if you get lots and lots of detail out of going through that process, 
then you can rank and prioritize those key actions to improve the customer experience. And a good way of ranking them is to one, well, take each one and multiply it, give it, give it a score out of five for being impactful, i.e. it's a big problem that you need to fix massively quickly. Or if you were to make a change, it would have a huge positive impact on the customer experience. Multiplied by ease of implementation. So if you score something like including a returns label for your customer to return a product, and if you score that as a four for being high impact and a five for being really easy to implement, that scores 20. And then you've got other things that you could do, like uh, specific delivery slots, for example, for products or whatever it might be, extending your opening hours so customers can call you when they need to call you rather than just when you're open. Whatever the improvement area might be, you can rank and score them and then take action to improve your customer's experience. So think back to when you've had a great customer experience. Is it possible that the company that provided you with that great experience did so out of luck? Is it possible that the, co the company that provided with you experience did so because they really care? I would say it's less about the luck and more about the care, more about the focus. But is it also possible that they achieved that through taking a systematic approach to one, understanding the level of customer satisfaction, what their customers need, and then two, reviewing their customer journey and the experience their customers get at each step in the journey and making improvements to create a proposition <laughs> that really moves you as a customer. And that's what creating a customer experience is all about. It's about working out how you can move your customer emotionally to trust you more, to buy from you again, and to recommend you to others. And if you can create a great customer experience, then it will really set you apart and help you to grow and have a greater impact in the world than you're already having. Thanks for listening to People With Purpose. I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye.